0: Hello, and welcome to The Blueprint, lifestyle design podcast, unpacking and applying creative design principles to help you live your maximized life. And now, ready to help you design and build your ultimate awesome future, here's your host, Andrew Lord. Hello, Andrew Lord here with you. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we are unpacking the source code for success and learning how we can use education to scale at success. And today, I want to talk to you about something that's going to be a little bit different, Today's episode is called Zen and the Art of Education, which is a reference to a book that I finished recently called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. You've probably heard of it. And in this book, the narrator, who talks in his head for the majority of the book, uh, stumbles across this concept, which he calls quality. And he refers to quality. And quality is this nature of what makes things better, what makes things real, what makes things rich. What makes things worthwhile. Uh, but when we try to focus on defining what quality is uh, or trying to recreate it, we lose it. You can't uh, define it or recreate it. You actually just have to live it. You have to find it in, in the being. And this hones in on one of the paradoxes of education. And that is, in order to learn something, we have to experience it for ourselves. You know, I think uh, Confucius says to, to learn and not do is to not, sorry, to know and to not do is to not yet know, all right? And we have, to, we have to own it, right? We have to internalize it. We have to make it ours. And yet, for the most part, what goes on in a traditional education setting is that we, we have to listen to the teacher talking. And a student who we consider engaged is a student who is listening well. And we probably make that assumption because we see uh, someone who is a masterful storyteller and they're able to captivate a student, transport them to another place. And we see somebody sitting on the edge of their seat and we can see that they are, they're with them. They're, they're not just listening, they're with them, they're absorbed in the story. And they're, yes, that is definitely stepping into the learning zone. At that point, you can actually be one with the story and own it. But for the most part, that's not what happens in a classroom, right? Listening is not easy. It comes painfully. It comes at the the threat of uh, external discipline. And we don't get into the learning zone, for the most part, we don't get into the learning zone by listening. For most people, we get into the learning zone by doing something, all right? And so I'm sure many of you know that over the last few years I've created several learning programs and each of those have been highly successful from that point of view of engaging young people in their year, in their learning. And some people ask me, you know, what's the secret? What's the, the special thing that you do? And well, to be honest, there's lots of different things that we do and they're not really secrets. They're fairly common, they're, you know, common sense practices that most teachers would learn about in their teacher training. But the issue is when we get into school culture, this is what happens, teachers learn amazing theory and content in university, and then they go about uh, trying to put that into practice, into a school culture, and all of that goes out the window. Because at uni we learn about building programs with the child at the center, which is how learning needs to be, Whereas at school, uh, the culture and the unwritten expectation is that the teacher is going to be at the center. You know, teachers are held highly accountable. And, um, you know, it's like the worse results, academic results get, the more highly accountable the teacher gets held. And it's ironic because the more highly accountable the teacher gets held, the more that um, they position themselves at the center. And the more, well, the system positions them at the center and and the the teacher kind of just yields to it. And then the more they are at the center, the more the kids are pushed to the side, the less engaged they are and the less they learn. And, you know, it's this vicious cycle that, um, that spirals down. So if we want to create programs that students are genuinely engaged in, number one, we have to take that pressure off. We need to reverse that. We need to take the teacher off center stage And I don't just mean this metaphorically, I mean literally, create an environment that doesn't have the teacher standing at the front of the room. All right. So how do we do this? Well, structurally we can do this. I'm going to talk about circles in a minute, but uh, I want to get to something even more basic first. Number one is we can get smaller or we can get more diverse. Now, I know the first part of that seems like a really obvious thing to say. Teachers are always banging on about smaller class sizes, right? makes their job easier. Well, no, this actually matters, all right? The way we structure our classes is that we're expecting all kids to be following the same script. We expect all our kids to be singing from the same song sheet. But that's unnatural, you know, when you've got that big group. It's really unnatural to try and expect them to uh, all be on the same page at the same time doing the same thing. And if you try and set up that really artificial industrial model, you're going to face resistance. Humans don't like to be pushed into that mold. So you're going to face resistance. Um, So you can either set up a group so that it is smaller. And when I run my programs, I keep my groups to about 20 or less. Um, or you can get diverse. And by that, I mean you have multiple groups in the same environment that are all working on different things at the same time. So that's kind of like balancing plates. It's really hard to manage. Uh, It can be quite challenging, but it's absolutely impossible if you expect to be the center of attention for all of those groups. All right, And when we see teachers or coaches who haven't shifted their mindset in that way they still think of themselves at the center they still you know take responsibility for what's going on in all of those single groups then what happens is that you've got you might have four or five groups in, in a space but what happens is that that one teacher is just running from group to group and they that group finishes and if the teacher hasn't made their way back around or the coach or the mentor hasn't made their way back around to that group Uh, By the time they're finished, then they just sit there twiddling their thumbs, and then they have to wait. And really, you haven't changed anything if if you're doing that model. All right, so the students haven't been empowered, or the task that they're doing is just too hard for them to do independently. It's too big for them. So whenever I say, you know, think about natural situations, you know, rarely in life do you ever have a group of people that are batched together by age and just told to you know all be in the one space at the one time you know we naturally draw together in society with people who are at similar stages to us but we don't batch ourselves just based on age all right think of a family how big is a family you might have two three maybe five kids um, and it's very rare that all of those kids are the same age Right. In nature, kids come one at a time, and that's for obvious reasons. I think, you know, obviously that makes life manageable for parents in the early years. But it also sets up um, a natural mentoring dynamic where the older kids can help the younger kids. Um, and for some reason, we don't do that in school, and we lose it. All right? We lose that, um, the, the potential for mentoring but we also have disproportionately big batches and we try to clone the experience and it doesn't work, not if you want engagement. All right. Now, I mentioned circles before. So number two, uh, we use circles. I use circles a lot in my uh, different programs. Circles are a way to empower individual members of a group. Circles are a way that uh, traditional cultures have been doing business for millennia, long, long time. Uh, So to to paint a picture of what a circle is so by contrast you have a triangle which is how most of our schools our military our government most of our organizations are arranged um, in triangles with all knowledge power and responsibility being held at the top and there's like zero knowledge responsibility or power at the bottom and these systems are set up for efficiency. They're set up because you know one person gives a directive, it flows down the line very quickly, and that, in theory, is, is carried out the way that it's meant to be carried out without deviation. That's, that's kind of the point of it. Uh, what happens in triangles is that people in the bottom don't actually talk to each other. And what we see sometimes in schools is because at the bottom uh people want to establish a power dynamic the, the culture is set up to establish a power dynamic but there's this flat line at the bottom there's all sorts of pecking that go goes on and we see bullying being rife in some schools because uh kids try to figure out where they sit in that triangle system even though they're all meant to be flat at the bottom um, the, the triangle culture is telling them otherwise so circles, by contrast, is where you have all knowledge, power, and responsibility shared. And, you know, in, in a circle, if one part suffers, everybody suffers. If one part succeeds, then everyone succeeds. And very important, in the circle, we're all students. And in the circle, we are all teachers as well. So the teacher or the adult or the mentor in the space, they need to take their teacher hat off and show up as a human being instead. So they're asking curious questions. They're not directing, they're not giving instructions, they're not giving information. They are just showing up as another um, fellow traveler on the journey. They're showing up as, as a student as well. And circle promotes relationship and circles are the best way to solve complex social problems, which, um, which is obviously really important number three i've got on my list here is leave empty spaces and i guess this is the one that inspired uh what this episode is all about zen and the art of education in in zen there is a lot of empty spaces that are that are being left so zen is all about focusing on the personal experience it's about focusing on the present moment and uh there's it doesn't work with examination uh, there's no boxes being ticked now um, I'm I'm not a Buddhist person I'm a Christian um, I don't like being classified as a Christian because when you when usually when you say that to people people are automatically putting you in a box in their head uh, and I don't like being put in a box by anyone um, and the flip side of that is I don't limit myself either you know I can say that I believe I have a you know a set of beliefs but that doesn't limit me all right i'm happy to go exploring i'm happy to read books like zen and the Art of motorcycle maintenance and i remember when i was you know first became a a christian believer there was sort of this unspoken thing that anything that was not christian or, or not complete truth was regarded as deception, all right? And the philosophy behind that is, well, if you're only telling part of a story, then you're really telling a lie. Um, I don't think that's true. I think if you're just telling part of a story, then that's what you're doing. You're just telling part of a story. You're telling your personal experience. And it only becomes a lie when you claim that that personal experience is the complete package. It's absolute truth. But if you're telling your personal experience and you're telling that genuinely, then it's not a lie. It's just your personal experience. It can't be, uh, can't be wrong, and that's what Zen is is kind of focused on. And I really like that. So coming back to where where we we're uh, picking up on that point, Zen is all about leaving um, empty spaces. All right, and in the traditional school setting, students have learned very quickly that if they engage in their work, if they get it done quickly, then the next thing that's going to happen to them is that they're going to get more work. So they learn not to finish their work quickly. And it sets up this really unhealthy dynamic, I think, where the teachers see that it's their job to push more work on the students, and the students see that it's their job to resist that work. And that's evident in schools, it's evident in homeschool even as well. And because of that responsibility that teachers feel that we were talking about before, uh, it means that you know, if kids aren't being entertained, if they're not being constantly stimulated, then um, uh, people might see that the teachers aren't doing their job. And because of that, and this happens in social settings as well, we get afraid of silence. We get afraid to leave those empty spaces. And because of that responsibility that teachers feel that we were talking about before, uh, it means that, you know, if kids aren't being entertained, if they're not being constantly stimulated, then um, uh, people might see that the teachers aren't doing their job. And because of that, and this happens in social settings as well, we get afraid of silence. We get afraid to leave those empty spaces. And I guess that's kind of ironic because as I'm doing this podcast, you know, I have a lot of notes here. I've done a lot of preparation because I want to come across as someone who knows what they're talking about. And I'm doing that so that I don't pause for long periods of time. I don't want to leave uh, empty spaces. And I guess this podcast is set up in that traditional dynamic where I am the, you know, the instructor and you are the listener. I hope that you are being absorbed by what i'm saying i hope that you're engaging in what i'm saying and that you are owning what i'm saying because if you're not owning it at the same time as i'm saying it then uh it's boring (laughs) it's it's not a pleasant experience And one way that you can do that, one way that you can participate in this uh, experience is to leave a comment. So I'd love for you to be thinking about some of the things that we're talking about here and not just listen to it and own it from that point of view, but also go ahead and leave a comment. Um, Make this part of your story as well. I would love to see that. So coming back to this unhealthy dynamic that's been set up where, where the student pushes one way and the teacher pushes back i've definitely been there and it's it's not a fun way to do education and the only way that this system gets propped up is with discipline all right there's nothing wrong with discipline sometimes it's very necessary but it's not engagement it's not the uh, it's not the student choosing what's best for them because it's the right thing to do all right like i said uh, sometimes we need discipline Sometimes we need to, you know, have a a leader that says, this is what we're going to do. But often, more often than we probably give credit for, sometimes we just need to leave spaces. Okay. We need to give students the chance to explore, to make mistakes, mess up, find the answer for themselves. All right. And learning is not about finding an answer. It's about learning a process. Okay. It's not about packing a kid's head full of knowledge especially in this day and age number one you can't possibly know all the things that there are to know because knowledge has just gone ballistic knowledge has exploded and along with that knowledge explosion has also come unprecedented access to knowledge as well so no longer makes sense for a teacher to be standing up the front of a classroom saying i've got all the information i'm the purveyor of all knowledge listen to me all right, You can find what you need with an internet-connected device that's probably in your back pocket. And so now education is about something completely different. It's not that we don't need education anymore. We definitely do. But the focus is on you know character development and, and how to do something creative. It's about performativity. Uh, I forget who said that, but that is a, it's a cool word. Um, It's about what you can do and apply with uh, the information that you've got. So it's not the same as it used to be 50, 20, even 10 years ago. All right. It's changed completely. And unless we give students space, they're not going to learn that. All right. If we keep just doing things the same way that we have been doing, which is, you know, we stand at the front of the room and, and try to deliver the information, then kids don't have the opportunity, not just kids, adults as well don't have the opportunity to get into the zone all right they don't have the opportunity to own the learning experience so if you're listening to this and you're a teacher or a coach or a mentor so if you're listening to this you're probably one of uh, three different people you're either a parent an educator or an influencer or a, a business person entrepreneur or maybe you're all three of them. Maybe you're a business person, entrepreneur who uses education to scale impact within their business or uses education to to get their message out and, um, and share with their audience. And maybe you're a parent as well. So you can be all three of those things. But if that's you and you're listening to this, you need to stop talking, stop positioning yourself at the center of the educational experience if you're doing this stop trying to be the guru, we need to all let, I'm talking to myself as well, we need to let go of our egos and disappear, we need to just dissolve, and I'm sure you've heard that saying that says when the student is ready, the teacher appears, I like to say it a little bit differently, I say when the student is ready, the teacher will disappear, right, that should be our goal to disappear, to blend into the background, just to become a part of the environment where they're available as a support, but when the, the student is fully engaged in their their learning, you know, they they're gonna rise up. So our students rise, our clients rise, our people, our tribe, our organization, our church group, our families, whichever group that you're trying to lead whichever group you're trying to bring about change in will rise up when you give them the empty space and the opportunity to do that and so that's why I call this episode zen and the art of education because zen it's all about the individual's personal experience it's all about the student being in the moment it's all about transcendence where the the beer and the do emerge and everything else disappears and there is only being and life can be changed in that moment and really at its core that's what education and that's what leadership is all all about right we want to create those moments those special moments where life can be changed like that all right that's what we do at adventure quest that's what we do in mini heroes it's what we do in project space it's what we do in all of our mx coaching programs for adults as well it doesn't matter if it's family, lifestyle design, it might be creative business design, or it could be an educational program or a system to expand your influence. All of them work because we leave space for personal ownership to happen. So if you're a parent or an educator or an entrepreneur and you want to get some support to maximize your impact in whatever your sphere of influence is, Don't be afraid to reach out and book a call with me. There's a link to do that here on the blog or you can just go to blueprintlifecoaching.com.au forward slash coaching and uh, click on whichever one of those call links is the most suitable for you. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to the podcast. If you've got any interesting thoughts about this episode, I'd love for you to leave a comment below share it with your friends. And don't forget that this episode is sponsored by the Lifestyle Design Quiz. If you haven't done the Lifestyle Design Quiz, you can find the Lifestyle Design Quiz at lifestyledesignquiz.com. It'll give you your strength profile, your focus for growth, and it'll give you some coaching questions that are going to help you to find your next smart step in living your maximized life. hope you're having a fantastic week. Andrew Lord here with you. Bye for now we